Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going. Going good? Yeah. Yeah. What you been up Beautiful, to? Beautiful, sunny day. Oh, we yeah. took a drive. Oh, nice. Number special, away. just, well, out to the warm slough. It's our one of our favorite camping haunts. Yes. So see how things look out there. Just hoping for a camping trip out there soon. Yeah, and it it's right on the river, so you know it it sometimes gets and stays muddy. And one of the problems out there is that people really disrespect public land around here. So bad. And they take their big trucks and their big tires and they go mudding and they tear the shit out of the roads. And yeah. so we had went to you know, we pulled down in to check out a couple of our favorite spots down in there. And the one that's typically really torn up is really torn up. It even looks like the county fenced off that road to try and keep people from coming through there. And someone hooked onto that fence with their truck and yanked it out. So, well, of course, they did. Welcome to living where people do whatever the hell they want. They do. And I have to tell you, a couple of weeks ago, Mark Means, I can't believe we're talking about him again. Uh-huh. He posted on Twitter some pictures of him and his family in one of those brand new Jeep pickups. And he's got. Yeah, yeah. Little mudding tires on it. And it was a picture of all of them outside of the Madison County Jail. Oh, right. Now, you guys remember, he lives five hours from here. Mm -hmm. So he, and it said something like mixing work and play or something, and that they were off to, uh, anyway, basically off to go tear around in their truck. And I just wanted to say, you know, Mark, if you're out tearing up our public lands and mudding in that because you think it's fun, don't, you know? And I'm not saying it's not an accusation, but his uh, post insinuated that that's what they were doing. But also, Mm -hmm. he was here in town to see his clients. So what, his family all sat in the truck while he went in the jail and talked to Lori? Or he dropped him off at JP's? Or... (laughs) (laughs) That could be. That could be. I was like, wow. Hey, kids, I got to go see a kid murderer. You want to (laughs) go? Oh, yikes. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we want to say we are streaming live right now on YouTube and Facebook. So if you're listening later, just know this was a live stream. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to say hello to innocuous RJ, Bianca, Cranky, Carmen, who says, I'm so finally, I'm so happy that I finally caught you live. So welcome. Carmen. And Jari, welcome. We're just excited to have you all here. We have some interesting stuff to share with you because this is our update show, right? We do this every Wednesday and we give you some case updates about some stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have some today, don't we? Oh, yeah. We've got some interesting tea, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why don't we start with Idaho serial killer Joseph Duncan? Yeah. Who bought the farm? Yeah, bought the farm. Conveniently, something died. He died. He was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Only just a few weeks ago did we learn about this. And he said he was not going to um, fight. You know, he wasn't going to try to fight his cancer because he's on federal death row. Yeah. And he died yesterday. Yeah. We actually uh, reported about him just recently that he had terminal brain cancer. So it he was actually diagnosed in October. 
Yeah, it just didn't hit the news till. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had brain surgery in October and was diagnosed with a glioblastoma and, of course, declined chemo and radiation and subsequently has died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll never forget him because of what he did. He killed a family in Idaho and then went on the run, had kidnapped to the two children in this in this family in part of this family mm-hmm. and this was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in 2005 and he kidnapped Dylan and Shasta Grown from their family's home after he mm-hmm. killed several members of their family yep. and he tortured them he went took them to Montana and tortured them and then he killed Dylan mm-hmm. and Shasta survived only because Someone in the public recognized her and called the police and got help and got her away from him. It was right. a very scary event. Um, you know, people in Coeur d'Alene are still very much traumatized by this situation. And so, you know, I don't like to say it's nice when someone dies, but it kind of is in a situation like this. Like, Well, what closure for them? Did right. you also know that he, once he was done being tried in Idaho... He was extradited to California yes. where he was also found guilty. Well, he actually finally pled guilty to the murder of a little boy from 1997. Yeah. That had been, I think nobody even knew about it until after he committed these murders in Coeur d'Alene and probably they probably had his DNA or something. And that's when they finally caught him. Really? Yeah. It really makes you wonder how many murders that Joseph Duncan is actually responsible for. It does. It does. And maybe we'll, you know, maybe his DNA will make make its way throughout all the databases and one day we'll find out, but he is now no longer on this planet. So at least the family and community members who experienced that can have a little closure. Yeah. Also, he's not eating up our federal resources being held for who knows how long on a federal death penalty, you know, situation. So anyway, Uh, ding dong, the witch is dead. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly what I was going to say. Ding dong, the witch is gone. Yep. He gone. He's gone. So anyway. Yeah. He's history. Uh, Okay. So then we had, there's some updates in Mm -hmm. the Vanessa uh, Galen murder. Katie, do you want to share with us about that? Yeah. So, so awful. This is the Fort Hood murder. Yeah. Vanessa Gillen. This was the murder that happened uh, on Fort Hood. And the person who actually committed the crime, uh, Aaron Robinson, he killed Vanessa Gillen with a hammer. And then he hid her body in an armory case and then got his girlfriend involved to come and help dispose of her body. And they drove uh, this case with uh, Vanessa in it down to a river and dismembered her body and at least partially put it into cement and threw it in the river. And they got caught. When the police caught up with him, he killed himself. And so now this uh, Sicily Aguilar is the only person that they have to, you know, to prosecute, to get a pound of flesh from. Right. And she actually confessed, 
But her lawyer's trying to get her confession thrown out because he says that she confessed before they had a chance to Mirandize her. Oh, you know, she's only 22. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just horrifying. It's it's so awful. It's so awful that they like could do that, you know? Right. Like, all of it. It's all, all it so gross. What happened to Vanessa? And oh, Aaron conveniently just offs himself so that he doesn't have to take responsibility for anything he did. And now he's mm-hmm. left this girl behind. Mm-hmm. Who, for whatever reason, and you mm-hmm. know, Galen was only twenty herself. These guys are young. Yeah. Oh gosh, talk about ruin your life. You know. Mm-hmm. Just really sad. It's, it's so awful. Well, and her behavior afterwards, like two days after they disposed of that body, Cicely mm-hmm. was posting revealing pictures of herself online and just acting really like flirty and happy and holy shit, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so we'll see what happened. I mean, essentially, you know, there's, we don't know that that will or won't get thrown out or really exactly what happened with the uh, confession, but it is a little frustrating and it just goes to show thinking about other cases we're following that are being so challenged in all kinds of procedure Yeah, that it really, really counts and it really matters that they get it right the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that, you know, that is something that is, has been a struggle forever. is getting it right the first time and in these big cases and you know i understand wanting to get a confession as quickly as possible but we got to be so careful that this is not a situation where it doesn't count yeah and we don't know if that's actually the case or not that's just what her attorneys are alleging yeah so i'm sure there's going to be some kind of a an assessment of that to determine you know. Yeah. Exactly what or wasn't. So yeah. The police say that she sobbed all the way through their interrogation while they she was assisting them in finding Robinson's whereabouts. So mm-hmm. initially they stopped her vehicle and took her into custody, not under arrest, but um asked her to come and answer some questions. And they she actually helped them find him. And he killed himself. Then she spilled her guts. And and they had told her she wasn't under arrest, that she was free to go. Then she spilled her guts about what she knew and about what she had done. So they went ahead and Mirandized her and took her into custody. So now her attorney's saying that that Miranda wasn't performed at the right time. And so the, you know, the admission of guilt isn't uh, applicable. So. And, and, you know, you don't know. Because yeah. should the police have stopped her and said, hold the phone, we need to Mirandize you before you say one more word, you know, like, and I know it gets, you know, people get wound up and excited and she's, you know, she's telling us everything. Let's just let her talk. Yeah. But that's not respecting her rights, unfortunately. Yeah. And that does fall on the police, not on her as an individual. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's hugely concerning. Now, do they have enough evidence to try and convict her without her confession? Likely, yes. Mm-hmm. But again, it just goes to show all this procedural stuff is not just stuff. Like, it is so important. It has to be done. And it's pretty scary to think that, uh, you know, 
cases like this could be completely botched or thrown out or not found guilty when they should be because of stuff like this. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. And it, you know, it always just comes down to the, you know, the police are just people, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how I would feel if somebody started confessing something like this to me, Would I want to stop and be like, Whoa, hold the phone. We got to get you an attorney, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. She, I'm going to say this, looking at Cicely, I am guessing that she is fairly low IQ. Yeah, I kind of have that impression. She does not strike me as a real smarty pants. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if she has some learning disabilities. And I don't know. And obviously, we did something pretty awful to impress somebody. Right. But that honestly makes it even worse. Yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah. Well, we'll poor Vanessa. Poor Vanessa's family. Her sister was on the base searching desperately for her. While these two fools are down at the river hacking up her body. It's horrifying. Her poor family. Mm-hmm. I'm glad and at this least is all because now. Yeah. It's all because she discovered that another soldier was having an affair. That's right. Yeah. So Fort Hood needs some serious rehab. Yeah. There's been a bunch of shit go down there, but you know, Cranky said, military bases are very dangerous places. I can tell you honestly that I do not know a female soldier that was not sexually assaulted while she was in the military. I don't know a single one that was not sexually assaulted. And I'm sure they're out there. I'm not saying, you know, but me personally, every person I know that's a female that's been in the military was sexually assaulted at some point. Everyone. Mm. Awful. Awful, awful. Well, I want to say welcome to a few more of you who have joined the live stream. Yeah. Candace and Paula and Cranky and I think Bianca. Well, I already welcomed Bianca. Anyway, welcome to the live stream. But welcome yes. again, Bianca. Everybody's <laughs> got a lot of opinions about this case. I know. It's awful. Yeah, they should have. They should have stopped and Mirandized her. They should have mm-hmm. done everything they could to protect the ability to prosecute her. Yeah, and the integrity of the case. Most definitely. Yeah. RJ says, same here in Canada. I'm assuming you mean military bases. Military. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Particularly dangerous for women, as we know. Hi, Betty. Hi, Betty. Welcome. Okay. So. the biggest tea of all. Right. Tell us about it. Wow. Today, Justin Lum uh, from uh, Phoenix News, Fox 10, I think. Mm -hmm. He's been one of the reporters that's been deep in, uh, enmeshed in the Vallow case from the Arizona side and has, you know, worked a lot with the reporters here in Idaho, Nate or Nate Eaton, you know, they've like intersected a lot and it's pretty cool. And actually I got to hang out with Justin when he was in Idaho, when they extradited Lori. Um, I happened to be at the courthouse as press to get pictures for my daughter, who was the, uh, was the, uh, editor she still is of the school newspaper but she had softball practice and couldn't be there to take pictures of Lori being brought into custody so her dad and I filled in as press to do that and (laughs) I I got to hang out with Justin then and he's a cool guy anyway uh but today he published they got a hold of a bunch of body cam footage from the day that Alex Cox died yeah 
So if you're not super familiar with this case, this is the Vallo Daybell case. This is the, essentially, it's the murder of uh, Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallo. And this is their uncle, Alex, that died. It, it has been ruled natural uh, causes. There's still lots and lots of questions about what really happened there. As we know, Lori has been quite the Black Widow. So we're not really sure what happened, you know, yet. So I've, yet with Alex, that's all we're, we're going to get, it looks like, as natural yeah. causes. He actually died of uh, pulmonary embolism. Yeah. But there was it was a very sp- suspicious and weird day. So anyway, we've got some body cabin footage to share with you guys. Uh, not it's the footage just itself, the just the audio. Yeah, they, there's the nothing footage, to see. The footage is all weird and grainy. And I took the audio and I cleaned it up a little bit. So this is them on the phone. And then I think also in person talking with Zulema Pestetis, mm-hmm. who was the wife of Alex Cox. They'd only been married for like two weeks. And this, and this is, is just directly after Alex died. Directly after after her supposed husband died. This is the conversation that she has with the police. Um, There's quite a bit more footage. I didn't put it all up here because it's like 20 minutes long. It's just a lot of stuff. That's This, I think, is actually the most important to listen to. Mm -hmm. However, Uh, if you want to see it all. Christy, welcome to the live stream. She's so excited to finally be here. Nice. Um, If you want to watch it all, just go follow Justin Lum on Twitter. That's where he posted it all. Yeah, the videos are all there and we much appreciate him because, you know, we strip these out of his Twitter. So thanks, Justin. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to, you might want to turn your volume up. I have raised the volume and tried to clean this up a bit, but it's body cam footage. So, and and like cell phone recordings. So not awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we're definitely not trying to make things worse, man. We're not trying to have anybody uh, feel bad or, or be anxious, but someone died in your house today, and we're not going to leave your house until we finish that investigation. So, and we're going to secure it while we seek a search warrant from the judge. And if the judge grants it, then we'll uh, conduct the search as necessary to finish the death investigation. If the judge doesn't, then we will leave. But for right now, we're going to stand by in the house and control individuals' movements in the house. They're not required to stay here. So if they'd like to leave, they are free to leave. But we will not be leaving the house at this time. Well, the incident started here. I get that he was pronounced deceased at the hospital, but all of that started here. It didn't start in the hospital. It started in this house. Okay? And like I said, we're, we're not trying to traumatize anybody. We're not trying to, to push this. And it, it, Okay, you, that, you have your right to that opinion. I understand that now. We're, we're, we have a job to do. And unfortunately, sometimes that, that ends up making people feel uncomfortable. That's not our intent, but we have, we have our job to do. So that's kind of where we stand right now. And, and your children that are, are here are adults, and they're free to leave. We're not holding them here. So, But we are going to hold the house while we seek the search warrant. So, and they're, they're not necessarily free to move around the house and just go do whatever they want. So they can leave the house. They're free to leave that, but they're not free to wander around the house while we secure it. 
Okay. Okay, I, I have no need to speak to your lawyer because it's not going to change anything, but you're more than welcome to give him a call. You have every right to. Okay, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Okay. Are you, are you guys on your way here? I'm on the seat right now. Drugs? No one's in trouble, so no, no illegal drugs? No, like no, he doesn't use any illegal drugs. No drugs, no alcohol? He doesn't use alcohol. No. Okay, has he been, I hear tell you, been sick lately? Yes, he's just been short of the breath. Um, when he's walking or when he's sleeping short of the breath? Can he, walk, can, he go, can he go for a walk without getting short of breath? Like, he, like he'll go up the stairs and he will get short of breath. Go up the stairs. Go okay. up the stairs. And then the last couple of days has been when he gets up, he's like, oh, I feel so winded. It's and he not, go to, haven't gone to a doctor for that, nothing like that? No, I didn't ask him for that. See, does he see a doctor on a regular basis? No, he doesn't. He's just a healthy person that, okay. that so, you can imagine. He's just so healthy. And what's your... Okay. So, sorry, I, my computer keeps like every time I click something, there it clicks it twice. Mute, unmute, mute, unmute. What the hell? I was fighting you. I was also unmuting. Oh, is that what was happening? I was like, <laughs> what is no. this? So seriously, you guys, that is the widow of Alex Cox in the moments shortly after finding out that he died at the hospital, her talking to the police and her biggest concern is why are you searching my house and I'm going to call my attorney mm -hmm. and you are traumatizing my children. Yes. Oh, sure. They're adults, by the way, but uh, and we're free to leave. Yeah, but also and that whole routine. Out. Can I ask you a question? Why are you saying that someone died there when he actually died at the hospital? Yeah, are you effing kidding me, Zalima? Seriously? Yeah, give me a break. Does that seem like someone who's sad that their husband's dead? I mean, just get real. Surely doesn't. And I would think that your last concern would be why they're searching your house of course they are something happened right and he died i don't know it's very suspicious um very very suspicious and, and at another point in the body cam footage that i didn't have she basically has to admit to her kids that she's married to him they yeah. didn't even know they were referring yeah. to him as her boyfriend mm -hmm. and to the police because they didn't know the children who lived there yeah. Did not know that Zulema and Alex had been married for a couple of weeks when this happened. No. They have no idea. Yeah. Also, that sickly sweet voice yes. is way too much like Lori's little baby talky voice. Isn't Ooh, that yeah. weird? It is weird. Yeah. It is weird. It wasn't, it didn't seem sincere. It didn't seem like an adult talking. It also didn't seem like someone who's in pain. You yeah. know, there's no, there was no emotion behind any of that other than why are you doing this? And uh, I'm calling my attorney. Like, what? Yeah. This is before she's even gotten home to her house where he basically died. And then they took him to the emergency room and, and announced, you know, pronounced him. Yeah. But so bizarre. Yeah. So it's, it's 
really weird to listen to her with that. Uh, yeah, that all of it. I just thought it was chilling to hear all yeah. of that. It really was. Yes, I do believe that Zulema's daughter it was on some of the audio there. She was speaking when she said, you know, are you are you almost here or where are you guys or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who she was referring to other than Zulema, but yeah, I do. Can you imagine the shock to her kids that not only has she moved this guy in and they think he's her boyfriend or whoever, and he was weird yeah. AF, you yeah. know, I'm sure the whole thing was very weird. Obviously, their mom lies to them, you know, and was keeping them in the dark. And then to have him die. There is a video of the police asking the son who found him about it. Yeah. Who basically says, I'm really sorry. I had a panic attack. I couldn't do the life-saving stuff that the dispatch asked me to do. I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And, you know, and the officer's like, no, no, no. Um, You know, CPR and stuff. Yeah, clear the vomit from his mouth and well, yeah, he'd go up and, and do CPR. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And this poor kid's like, I couldn't do it. I had a panic attack. I, you know, yeah. And then his mother ran home and whatever. But and they are also talk about how they had a friend on the phone giving him a blessing, which we believe that was Chad. Yes, we do. Yeah. So very strange circumstances mm-hmm. around this not at all what you would expect when an accidental death happens in your home. No. Right. Bianca says incredibly suspicious. Normal people would be cooperative and want answers. Exactly. Exactly. No. Why wouldn't she have been the first person wanting to know what in the world happened to her husband? Yes. Search my house. Does it, will it answer the question about what happened? You know, Mm -hmm. like what was she worried about that they would find in the house? Right. But as we know, she has some kind of qualified immunity deal Mm -hmm. Um, in in Arizona for sure. And maybe in Idaho, we're not sure. But in Arizona, for sure, she does. Mm -hmm. And so there's way more to this story, to all of this story than we know, because she has given information. Mm -hmm. And I hope, you know, soon we're going to find out what that information is, because it's kind of burning a hole through my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is another point in some of the other video in which the police acknowledge that the police had been looking at Alex Cox recently and they didn't say why or they didn't know what case it was, but we do. Mm-hmm. It was the um, attempted shooting, the, well, the shooting, attempted mm-hmm. murder of Grant Boudreau. Yeah. They had been investigating him for that when he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So Frankie obviously says, the police are going to stay. I love the cop. But yeah. he's like, she's like, well, I'm going to call my lawyer. And he's, she's, he's like, all right, well, I don't need to talk to him because um, that's not going to change anything. Yeah, you're, you're we're doing our jobs. Yeah. yeah. Frankie says, I would be a basket case screaming and crying. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Innocuous so said, crazy. I would think that the person I just married, the love of my life, died two weeks after the wedding, would at least draw a tear and be choked up from me. Right. right. Exactly. I know it's very strange. And I know everybody responds to grief differently, but there was no emotion in her at all. Nothing mm-hmm. other than some kind of disgruntled stuff about right. the search warrant and needing to call her attorney. You know, that when it came to defending herself, there were some emotions. Mm-hmm. But when it came to her husband, nothing. 
Right. Well, and if you remember, a few months ago, we did get the transcript of the police officer's conversation with her at the hospital. Right. And they spoke very briefly. And then she went into another room to talk to her son, I believe, or her brother, and came back out and lawyered up. So she gave the police very little at the hospital before she lawyered up there, too. So she was yeah. just throwing her lawyer out all over the land. She was. And who's from... the lawyer, guys? Garrett Smith. We've met him on Who's Garrett before? Smith? Well, Garrett Smith is the genius who recorded the conversation between Summer and the prosecutor. And turned it over to the defense and tried to get the prosecutor removed from the case over it. We saw him in that uh, proceeding. And he was a weird, incompetent weirdo. And then what else did we learn about Garrett Smith? Well, Garrett Smith got sued because Garrett and his uh, partners released some very inflammatory and completely false information about Brandon Boudreaux because who else does Garrett represent? Oh, Melanie Pulowski, Brandon Boudreaux's ex-wife, who is Lori's niece. So Garrett's all enmeshed with these people. He was at one point, and I don't know if he still is, defending Zalima, defending Summer, and defending Melanie. Melanie, yeah. But what happened... Yeah. How many millions of dollars? Well, $12 million Brandon settlement. Boudreaux, about a month ago, won $12 million off Garrett Smith for all of that inflammatory stuff that he said that wasn't true. It was a yeah. bunch of really, really shady uh, allegations that had no basis in fact. Yeah, it was really nasty. So it was that yeah. genius. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, Cranky. She said she yeah. wondered if all of the lawyers were uh, a part of their religion. I think so. I yeah, think so. I do too. That there's some connection. I'm not sure about John Pryor, but I do think Mark Means has yeah. some connection there, mm-hmm. and and Garrett Smith as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Garrett it's Smith, weird. I'm quite sure is is Mormon. I, I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent positive. I don't want to say that for certain, but I researched the hell out of him and ran down his social media and his daughters and their posts, and it looked real mo to me. So not I don't know for sure. sure. I'm quite sure uh, John Pryor isn't, because if you'll recall in um, the preliminary hearing with Chad, he referred to the angel Moroni as the angel Moroni. (laughs) And if you're Mormon, you will not say that wrong. So I think John Pryor maybe is the only defense attorney not somehow wrapped up in this. Right. Well, you know, John Pryor's, you mean, you know, because dude has Pryor's for... Having sex with someone who came to his office to interview for a job yeah. back in 2011. Not that an LDS attorney wouldn't do that, but it would very much go against their religion. Yeah. But um, so is, you know, killing kids and burning them in the backyard. So, you know, who are we to say? Right. I know it's 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 tough to say here, but we definitely have some. Some. Interesting. Jack attorneys. I don't know what to call them. Yes. <laughs> We've called them a lot of things. Yeah. So the other thing that happened is that Chad got a summons for jury duty. (laughs) So, Christy, I sent you over a picture of it, but I don't know. I didn't tell you quick enough. I don't know if you can get it up or not. But um, 
Yeah. So apparently he received a summons for jury duty that showed up at his home that Emma, his daughter, lives in. And she felt filled it out and returned it, the jury uh, questionnaire, you know, indicating that he is, in fact, incarcerated. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Yeah. Means tweeted that. That That said, really? So good point. Uh, Cranky wanted to know, why did Means tweet that? Good question. Means is not Chad's attorney. Why did he tweet that? It doesn't seem like something that and that he should have tweeted, that either one of them should have released, really, but it's kind of funny. Yep. So this was from Madison County, and yep, he was called to uh, report to jury duty, but turns out he's pretty busy right now, so he's not going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that's going on, and I think we'll probably have an episode on this next week, is that Tammy Daybell's family is finally speaking, including yes. her children. Yes. And so as soon as that all comes out so that we have a chance to hear it all and can give you some analysis, we will. Yeah. Because this is big news. First of all, her her sister has already spoken out through Dateline and, you know, talked about how shocked and um, betrayed she felt when Chad got married, you know, like two weeks after her sister died and, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that's going on. There's so much stuff there. There's so much... Um, Mormon culture that was not followed in yeah. Tammy's death that really sort of showed where he was at, you know, yeah, where he was at, that he wasn't caring at all. And we'll talk about that some more. And then we'll see what the kids have to say as well. I think it's very interesting that they're finally going to speak. Yeah. So we will be sharing that. I bet that's an episode next week. Yeah. Once we get to hear it all and, you know, can yeah. give you an interpretation of it. And I I did hear that one of the sons just got married as well. I think Garth just got married. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel for him. I can't imagine what they must be going through. And the more that comes out, the more they've got to be really wondering about what the hell happened to their mom. Surely. Especially because they will not let the family see the autopsy. No, no. There was a brief interview with Emma on Court TV, I believe couple months ago and she was just mm-hmm. you know basically saying just that she, this is our mom right. and they we didn't know they exhumed her until the day it happened we didn't know you know they, they didn't know a lot of things because it was a criminal investigation yeah. and now we've waited for a year for those autopsy results and now they're in and they won't let us see them yeah. we just need some closure we need to know what happened to our mom and you know as much as uh emma has seems to have supported and backed her dad and been pretty sassy to, uh, you know, the media and things. This still, her mom died and was probably murdered. And her dad did all of these things. Like they went from a seemingly happy family to the rug jerked out from underneath them in the blink of an eye. And it sure wasn't their fault. So it's just really sad. Long before their mom was even dead, those kids were buried on their property. Like it's insane. I can't imagine. It's such a nightmare to come down on them all at once. I cannot yeah. imagine. Yeah. But I think it's pretty funny that Chad's daughter filled out the uh, jury summons and uh, sent it back in like, Hey, uh, you might want to, yeah. You know, take a look at your jail <laughs> census or something because yeah. he's definitely not well, going to be again, for this. Yet again, this brought up the uh, question of jurisdiction because that mm-hmm. came from Madison County, but that address is in Fremont County. 
it's right on the corner, right on the edge. So there's some real confusion there, though. I think there's a lot of crossover right there because there was mm -hmm. the police were confused about it, too. Yeah. So, yeah, what it says is. So she she signs it and says she declares that I filled out the juror questionnaire and she says mm -hmm. he is incarcerated. This address is Fremont County, not Madison. And individuals residing at this address are not eligible for Madison County jury service, even if not incarcerated. And then she's <laughs> good for you, Emma. You told him off, man. Right. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> yeah. I guess my question is when that was generated, who didn't catch that and go, oh, wait, why are we sending a jury summons to someone who's in jail? Yeah. There's no one around here that doesn't know Chad Daybell's name. You I know. know. That name for sure. That was kind of a big miss, for sure. You know, I will say that I still get mail for our parents, and they've been gone for what eight and ten years now. Yep. And I, <laughs> this is terrible. I get uh, life insurance offers for them quite a bit. Oh God! And I usually write on the front of them "too late" in big letters and put them back in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible and funny as hell. Well, our dad too. They both thought that was so funny. Or um, the uh, uh, the relay for wife for life for wife. Good lord, don't do that. The relay for life for years would send invitations to both of them to my house long after they both died of cancer yeah. to uh, come and walk in the survivors' walk. Oh, good lord! And I kept returning those to sender because I'm like, please quit sending these to me. Finally, I wrote in big letters across the front, died from cancer, not a survivor, does not qualify for the walk. And they quit sending them. <laughs> there you go. So terrible. Don't send me that shit. <laughs> oh. You know, Innocuous says, for those of us who don't know much about Mormonism, do you think the beliefs will be center stage at all during the trial and the perversion of those beliefs? Not really. I don't know because ultimately it doesn't matter. Yeah. They killed children. You know and why they did. It's not going to matter so much. No, I don't think it will. And I don't know. I don't know. You know, if it'll be try, if the defense will try like on Lori's behalf to talk about her being brainwashed into this craziness or I don't know, but I, it has not been so far at all. So yeah. I don't we'll, know. See. we'll see. And we'll be here to interpret it for you if it does. Definitely, yeah. And some of it, well, I mean, I think about what we heard in the preliminary. It was an episode that we titled The Scripture Dance-Off. Yeah. <laughs> it was that phone call between yeah. uh, Melanie uh, Gibb, yes, and Chad and Lori, and Lori and Melanie getting quite the tiff. And this is Melanie calling them to say, you guys are up to no good, and I know it, you know. And you need to come clean. And why did you ask me to lie to the police? And what's going on? And, and they end up, kid, you know, so yeah, where are your kids? And they end up fighting uh, <laughs> scripture battle style, basically. Mm -hmm. This is where uh, Melanie calls her Cora whore. <laughs> and Lori gets so mad. Really, Mel? Cora whore? That's oh, where you're going to go? So Cora whore is a villain from the Book of Mormon. Anyway, that was really funny. The, kind of an antichrist sort of yeah. you know, person who basically, you know, believes their own hype. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, 
which makes me think that we should all be referring to Lori as Laura Hoare, queer until the end of Laura time. Laura yes. Yeah. I, that, for for I multiple that. reasons. Yeah. But you have to understand in that scripture battle kinds of stuff, we grew up doing things like that. And we did mm -hmm. them in, in uh, seminary and we did them oh, in, yeah. you know, the young adult kinds of things that are the young, you know, like the teenager kinds of stuff we went to. Yeah. You know, yeah. you we had to memorize. Remember scripture oh. mastery? Oh, yeah. I had to memorize. I don't even know. Thank heavens I'm 45 and can't remember anything. So I don't remember any of them, but so many scriptural references. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Much better than me. I could remember like three. Yeah. I I don't remember. I, I think as I have loved you, loved one another. There you go. It's a good response yeah. to basically. Yeah. Boom. That's what, okay. You got it. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Lori yeah. says she had found in the Bible where it was okay that she could kill one of her husbands. Yeah, she did say that. Yes. She said a lot of screwed up stuff. We'll talk some more about yes. all of that. We definitely want to get into Tammy and Tammy's family and what they have to say. Mm -hmm. Tracy says lockdown ends today for her and that we've saved her from going crazy. So you are welcome. Yay, Tracy. I hope you get to go do something fun. Yeah, go do something fun. Yeah, I don't know, like go to a restaurant, go to the movies, grocery store. I don't know, you know, like <laughs> the stuff. I think I get yeah. my next shot next Friday, and I will be totally vaccinated. Ah, well, you have to wait two weeks after that till you're total till you. Yeah, but in truth, get, I will always wear a mask in public now. I know, me too. Partly just because this has been the healthiest year I've ever. Because I haven't yeah. gotten anybody's germs, but partly because I like the energetic barrier. Mm -hmm. It's as much like germs for me now as it's like just stay back. I like this. Yeah. 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 I know I do too. Maureen says if they were following the beliefs, they wouldn't have done what they did. Absolutely. Maureen, oh, 100%. Sure. All of this was very twisted and perverted. It was not, mm -hmm. you know, what, what was taught. No. You know, we've said this before that they weren't, you know, they started out as mainstream Mormons. They didn't end up that way. And so, you know, we're not trying to diss the Mormon church. It's just that that's where they began. Yeah. And, you know, so we, yeah. it, it, we can kind of help explain some things that maybe, yeah, um, you know, it might not make sense. Yeah. 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 Tracy says she don't tell anyone, but I did enjoy it. Oh, that's okay. Tracy is an introvert. That's what I've heard. All introverts All right. are like, hey, lockdown was great. I didn't have to talk to anybody. Awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin got his second shot today. So lots of oh, Kevin. good vibes to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kat likes that too. The personal boundary space of a mask. Yes. Too. And other than getting COVID, that's the only illness I have had in a year. Yeah. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't do it in the first place. Well, it yeah. just wasn't mainstream enough, I guess. But I guess like well, for not flu the season, US. usually during yeah. flu season, I order my groceries for a couple of months because I don't dare go in the store because I don't want the flu. So yeah. now, yeah, yeah. I don't Very hate cool. it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that is our update, you guys. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of movement in the true crime world, as there always is. Yeah. Uh, don't forget tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Pacific is our Thursday night psychic show. It It is April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. I'm worried because Katie Weaver is the queen of April Fool's. The first class pranker. I believe this. You I are. have nothing planned. 
And that's not a prank. I really don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. You don't believe anything this one says around April Fool's Day. So we'll see. I know. What might happen. I don't know what might happen. We'll just see. Mm-hmm. But we will be here. It's uh, marching orders for April because yeah. it's the 1st of April. And then, of course, we have some fun pop-ups planned for the weekend. I have a really interesting, creepy one to share with you all. Yeah. So Good pop-ups coming. And if you enjoyed our coverage this week, uh, our well, we had three great cases this week. We had our MMIW on Monday. Mm-hmm. We had Paula's Railroads on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we had Father John Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. And we talked about pedo camp where he went and or camp ped, I guess they call it or ped. Anyway, we're going to do a deeper dive into the order of the, the Pericles and yeah, yeah, we, we got uh, here in the next week that. or two. Yep. And, and take a deeper dive into that place. Lots of other priests that were there kind of uh, give you more of the skinny on that. So watch for that. Yep. And if you are in Patreon, yeah, we did a wild episode for Patreon. This we week. sure did. It's called "Dead as a Doornail." Yep, crazy ex or execution tales. Yes, yes. So you know you can always uh, get extra content if you go over to Patreon to True Crime Paranormal and you become a patron. Then you get some extra shows. We do extra shows yeah. for just for Patreon every month. This mm-hmm. month we did uh, Kaylee Anthony, Casey Anthony. Yeah. And we also did <laughs> Dead as a Doornail. Mm-hmm. So you might want to check that out. Uh, that's a lot of fun. We plan some pretty special stuff for our patrons because our patrons really help us pay the bills. And we really appreciate yeah. it a lot. So if you like what we do, that's a great way to help support us. And it's just patreon.com and then search for us True Crime Paranormal. So it's easy to find. Yep. And it's also very cheap. It's not a lot of money. So right. anyway. We're cheap wanna, bitches, girls. Yep. If you want to hear <laughs> Dennis that is the place to go to hear Dennis the Doornail. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have done what we do, haven't we? Yeah. So we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here, everybody. Have a great night. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.